Hello everyone and welcome to What Gets You Cooking, the podcast giving you a new way to look at food, cook it and share it. This is Virginie, your host, and every Thursday I'm publishing a new episode, a solo cast or interviewing a food expert to share our experiences and tips to simplify your cooking. Hello everyone and welcome to What Gets You Cooking. This week our guest is Alison Eckert from 18 Reasons. Welcome Alison. Hi, thank you for having me. So why don't you start by letting us know what brought you to 18 Reasons and why 18 Reasons is and what programs they offer. Yeah, of course. So 18 Reasons is a nonprofit community cooking school. We offer programs for home cooks across all sorts of different communities here in the Bay Area. So we have two main programs. One is our 18th Street Community Culinary Classroom, where we teach people how to cook different types of cuisines, and those are paid programs open to the public. Um, so that's an earned income program for us, and it helps us reach a type of home cook who has the budget to pay for a class and wants to learn more. What's really special about that program is that we, our teachers are people who are teaching about their own cuisine. So we don't have one teacher who teaches every different type of cuisine. We have an Italian teacher who's from Italy. We have um, a Malaysian teacher who teaches Malaysian cooking. And it's really important to us that that kind of cultural authenticity is part of what we bring to our classroom and our community and bringing people together around food and exchanging ideas and coming together face to face in the Bay Area, which is such a digital culture. It's really important, we think, to bring people together in community around food to share uh, knowledge and share culture and have a good time around a shared table. So that's the 18th Street program. And our other program is called Cooking Matters. That's a program through which we reach um, about 3,500 low-income people in the Bay Area each year with free healthy cooking and nutrition education programs. So it's a six-week series of hands-on interactive cooking practice um, along with nutrition education that's really practical and relevant for students' lives. And that's taught by peer educators who are low-income adults who we've trained to teach healthy cooking and nutrition education in their own communities and in their own languages. Um, so those are our two main programs. We have about 7,000 students between the two of those per year. And we teach everything from basic knife skills all the way to vegetable butchery, fish butchery, um, how to make gnocchi, everything that you can imagine under the sun is what we hope to teach and really inspire people to cook at home, cook with people that they love and feel more confident in the kitchen and feel that cooking is an important part of their lives that they can take back for themselves and have agency over their diet and what they are eating. Um, and how I came to 18 Reasons is that when I was in college, I studied Spanish, that was my major. I did a Hispanic studies degree, which is kind of like an English degree, but in Spanish, so very literary, um, focused on education and um, literature and film critique and architecture and all sorts of cultural things. And through my work studies at college, I was always working in placements where I was speaking Spanish, like a bilingual literacy placement, uh, working with adults to teach them English. And so I got more and more embedded within a community of Spanish-speaking immigrants. I learned Spanish as a second language. 
with English as my first language. And I just found that was a community that I really enjoyed working with. And I loved the cultural exchange and language exchange. And so many of the people who I met through those work and volunteer opportunities were working in our food system, um, which is a huge employer for Spanish speaking immigrants to the United States. So that's how I really became interested in food was through this culture that I was working with. Um, and through that, I started working on a CSA program. I moved to a couple of different farms to do small scale organic farming. Um, and then after working in food production and food service, I was thinking about what about grocery retail? So I started, I moved to San Francisco and I started working at Buy Right Market. And I was thinking a lot about farm direct sourcing and how to increase the market for sustainably grown local produce, um, which is how I found 18 Reasons, which is the nonprofit um, that I work for now. And we're a proud member of the BuyRight family. So we have a really close relationship with BuyRight, even though we're not the same organization. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I came upon 18 Reasons. And once I learned about the programs, I was really passionate about the idea of meeting people where they are and offering lots of different types of programs that are appropriate to different audiences here in the Bay Area, which is really wonderfully diverse. Um, and since I've been at 18 Reasons, I started in the Cooking Matters programming, uh, running programs in the community, and then moved on to managing staff. We were running programs in the community, and now I'm thinking organization-wide about our fundraising and communications and how to make sure that 18 Reasons stays the raddest place to work. That's what we like to call it, the raddest place to work, um, and keeps making a really big impact in our community. Very interesting. So I'm, um, I've got kind of a follow-up question for you regarding the, the peer teacher that you talked about, because I worked in the, the nonprofit sector for a few years, and uh, I always found that you know the most successful programs were often really centered in the existing community and so i found that id really interesting can you tell us more about how you recruited those uh teachers yeah and i misspoke i said all of our programs are our cooking matters programs are taught by peer educators but what i should say is that it's a combination of peer educators and we also welcome volunteers into our cooking matters instructional roles as well so it's a mix of peer educators and volunteers. Um, and the reason why we started the peer educator program is because our mission is to empower our community with the confidence and creativity needed to buy, cook, and eat good food every day. And something that's really important if you're thinking about how to empower the community is that you want to raise up leaders and support existing leaders in the communities where we're working to be able to have the opportunities to work in community health that they may not have had access to before because of professional barriers, educational barriers. And so something that is really central to our work is getting rid of barriers that keep people away from accessing healthy food and accessing information about how to make the right choice for them regarding food. So making sure that they have the knowledge and the skills that they need to make the choices that are right for their families, but also that that information is given to them through someone who is a peer role model, I think is really important. So as I said, I speak Spanish as a second language. I've worked in a lot of Cooking Matters classes where it's monolingual Spanish speaking students and I'm there as a younger person mostly than they are and as someone who speaks their language as a second language and I'm from 
the United States and most of those students weren't from the United States. And there's a lot of differences between us. And it's really important for me to be there to really just support and allow our peer educators who are in those teaching roles to shine um, so that the students can see that everything that they're learning in Cooking Matters is something that's really applicable to their own lives. Because if we are really different from our teachers, sometimes it's easy to think, well, this is this works for you and you're my mm -hmm. teacher. You're very different from me. But if it's someone who is a peer leader in that community whose kids go to the same school that your kids go to and who's faced a lot of the same barriers that you've faced, I think that really allows for a more effective and a more safe teaching environment. And it allows for building leadership in the community and recognizing the leadership that's already there. So how we find the peer educators is that um, most of them are graduates of our Cooking Matters for Adults classes. So if we're in a Cooking Matters series and there's someone who is really interested in the material, often someone who comes early to ask questions, stays late to make sure that they help clean up, they're just really passionate about the subject, um, they tell us about all the things that they're trying and the changes that they've made because of the Cooking Matters program, like they're learning to read a nutrition label and they look at that before they buy a product or they feel that they're doing better or their doctor says that they're... Um, diabetes is improving after a program, things like that, where they're really paying attention and trying to make those changes and interested in how they can spread the word about how to make healthy changes really accessible. Um, that's the kind of person who we're looking for, for our peer educator program. So someone will go through one of our Cooking Matters classes, they'll express interest in being more involved, um, and then we do a 10-week training with our peer educators. We're teaching them facilit classroom facilitation skills, basic nutrition education, basic cooking education, and how you can get these lessons across to students and how you can manage a class full of introverted and extroverted mm -hmm. students and students from different backgrounds and all of the different wonderful challenges of teaching in community settings. Um, it's really not an easy job. I have a lot of respect for teachers and it's, it's really important work. So we want to make sure that they're trained, that they feel comfortable, that they feel successful, and that they're ready to go deliver an excellent cooking matters lessons. So that's how we find them. We train them over 10 weeks and then they graduate and we get them to work. So they are paid a stipend for each cooking matters class that they teach. Um, and we have about 35 active health promoters now. We also have about 90 active volunteers in the cooking matters program. Well, that's great. How long has the, the program's been around? Can you uh, remind us? Yeah. So 18 reasons has been around for 11 years. Um, and the Cooking Matters program is a national curriculum that's been around since 1993. I think something like 250,000 low-income Americans have graduated from the Cooking Matters program. So 18 Reasons is the lead partner for Cooking Matters in California, meaning that we're the ones who use the curriculum here. We offer it in person in the Bay Area, and we also offer technical assistance throughout the state of California to other partners who want to do Cooking Matters but need some help getting trained or understanding how to use the program, understanding how to train volunteers to teach the Cooking Matters program. So we have a, a reach across the state of California, but we're really based in the Bay Area, and that's where we do all of our programming in person ourselves. And so you say that you, uh, you have well, part of your programs um, in San Francisco on 18th Street mm -hmm. and the rest in, uh, in the East Bay, is that correct? 
actually, I'm glad you asked this because this is something that people think a lot of the time. So Cooking Matters takes place in three counties, San Francisco County, Alameda County, and Contra Costa County. So we have, and for those of you who are from the Bay Area, those are huge areas. The counties in California yeah. are gigantic. So we have a really broad reach, um, especially with Bay Area traffic. Sometimes it feels like you're going to a different state to get to <laughs> Um, and then the 18th Street program just happens in our 18th, uh, 18th Street Culinary Classroom, which is in the Mission District. So Cooking Matters reaches this tri-county area, and then 18th Street programming is located in that classroom. So what kind of location do you use for a Cooking Matters programs? Is it like in I schools, said, or if it's, yeah. said, if it's more for, um, for adults, where, like, where do you find... That's a great question. Um, like I said before, one thing we're really focused on is trying to break down barriers to access healthy food um, and information about food. So food literacy, food skills, and food education. And how we do that is that we meet our Cooking Matters students where they are. It's important to us to make sure that we are a seamless part of their lives that fits in lockstep with their routine. In the Bay Area, if you're a low-income parent, you have so many demands on your time. Traffic is terrible. You probably have one job, two jobs, one child, two children. There's a lot going on. And it's really important for us to be successful and reach the people who really need our help that we make it seamless for them. So we will meet at a place that's um, already familiar and comfortable and part of students' lives so that they can take cooking matters and that it's not burdensome for them to be able to attend. So places like... Um, food pantries, low-income clinics and hospitals, uh, public schools, um, low-income housing sites. So we go to the places where our students are already living and learning, and mm -hmm. we bring the curriculum, the teachers, um, the food, the equipment, and our students range in age from eight years old or even a little younger. Third grade is our youngest students. So we have a kid's curriculum for elementary schoolers, um, a teen's curriculum for older middle and high schoolers. We have a parent's curriculum that's for people with kids at home and adults curriculum, which is for people who don't have kids at home and a family's curriculum that brings together parents and their kids in the same class so that all of the family can cook together. And then we also have a program called Cooking Matters for Child Care Providers, where we teach early childhood educators more about how to teach about healthy cooking, prepare healthy foods in um, classes like Head Start and First Five, and get their students really excited about food and food preparation and healthy food from a young age. And that's, that's really interesting. Um, one one more thing I think that I uh, heard and um, even been to is the community dinners that you offer. Mm -hmm. So that's not maybe a program per se, but um, can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, so the cooking, uh, the community dinner is one of my favorite things that we do at our 18th Street classroom. It is a dinner that we host once a month that's a showcase for someone who's maybe new to cooking a big batch meal for a bunch of community members. So it's a $15 dinner open to anyone. It's two seatings and each seating has 40 people. And for some of our community dinner cooks, it's their first time cooking 80 covers that's gonna be served right back to back. So it's a big challenge for them. It's an opportunity to showcase someone who's up and coming in the Bay Area food scene, someone who has a lot of aspirations and just needs that chance to break into the industry. Um, and it's also one of our 
the best opportunities that we have to bring people together around food for our community dinner. Everything is served um, at a table. You're seated next to whoever you came with, but also whoever else is already at that table. People make friends, they meet each other. Um, like I said before, one thing that we are, are focused on is trying to create these really wonderful, authentic, joyful sharing experiences around food. And it can be hard to find those in the Bay Area with more um, meal kits being delivered to people, people eating catered lunches and dinners at work. Sometimes it's hard to find a time to meet new people or even to enjoy the people who you really love around food, even though that's such a natural part of cooking and eating. And so that's something that we try to do across all of our programs. And even as a staff, we just had, we have a monthly lunch. Um, our chef instructor, Mike, prepares a lunch for us and we all sit together around a table and take one hour out of our very busy schedules um, and to sit together, enjoy food together. And we try to walk the walk as well as we're talking the talk and bring people together for a joyful experience around the table. Oh, that's great. That was just what I was about to ask you about how you share your food. And now I have the answer already, at least at work. What, yes. um, how do you share food on a, on a personal, like in your personal life? Does it, um, is it similar? Is it important in your, in your, in your life as well? It's really important to me to share food. I think that's one of the, food is very emotional and food is, can be very joyful. Um, and sometimes food is also really stressful. And one thing that I find really helps me unwind is I spend most of Sunday going through my fridge and my freezer and my pantry and cooking something. I have a very busy life. Um, my partner and I live um, in Berkeley and we both have really busy jobs really dynamic lives. Um, and my family's nearby. I spend a lot of time with my niece and my nephew. And it's important for me to share food with all of these people in my lives, my family, my partner, my friends. Um, and on Sundays, that's kind of my treat to myself with all the busyness going on in my life. I usually spend like a good four or five hours just really focused on what food is in my house, what do I want to do with it and make something that I can share. I also My biggest cooking problem is that I always cook way too much. I cannot scale down to just cooking for me and my partner. So I like to have people over for dinner, my sister and her husband and their kids. Or yeah, that's perfect to share. Yeah, to share. And so that's something that is important to me. And I also think a lot about food waste. Having worked on farms, I know how much work goes into producing every single beautiful piece of produce that is in my fridge. And so I try really hard to to use everything that I have, which means that sometimes I, I prepare more food than I could possibly eat or than my partner and I could possibly eat. So that's something that um, really motivates me to, to keep cooking and make sure that I'm aware of what's in my fridge and how I can use it. So I honestly, um, I work with incredible chefs and I am not the best chef at 18 Reasons by a long shot, um, but I'm like a decent home cook and I truly enjoy it. And I really love the beautiful produce that we have access to here in the Bay Area. Just celebrating that and seeing how it changes as the seasons go by is really important to me. Um, yeah, we are very fortunate in this area. We have so much uh, offering. Yes, it's which, true. So what's your, uh, I'm curious, what's your favorite food at the moment? It's a good question. I think my favorite. Or like, what do you like to cook? I love to cook. My favorite thing to cook, well, because it's one of my favorite things to eat, is a quinoa salad with a lemon and tahini dressing. 
um, with chickpeas and parsley. And it's just really bright and fresh and delicious. And I'll make that on the weekend or in the middle of the week and have it for lunch throughout the week. Um, that's something that I like to cook and eat. And I also love to cook and eat what my partner makes. He is from Taiwan. His family is Taiwanese. And so I've learned so much from him. He cooks in this big wok almost exclusively. And I get to try different flavors, different things that I haven't had before. Like um, I recently tried a dish that he made with sliced dried licorice root, which I had never had before. And just having that cultural exchange between what I grew up eating and what he grew up eating. Um, I've learned so much from him about how to be a good cook. He's very patient and he cooks, uh, he, he chops with such precision and such patience, whereas I'm always kind of doing a little of this, a little of that. And I really enjoy that exchange as well. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And um, yes, I've been impressed when I was much, much younger and uh, <clears throat> studying in England when I met on a, one, of, um, one of the other students who came from China and how many things that they can do that he could do in the walk was just so amazing and the chopping was impressive like uh, i mean by no means at 20 years old was i able to chop anything mm -hmm. even now <laughs> yeah. with much more practice it takes me still much longer than uh, some people who seem to be just really gifted yeah yeah that's yeah. one of my that's one of my challenges in the kitchen as well it's kind of a double-edged sword because i like you know as you can tell like i spend a good part of my weekend in the kitchen making sure we're using all of our food and thinking about what creative things we can do with it so i truly enjoy it but i am very slow i'm a very slow chopper and so i do mm -hmm. end up taking a long time to prepare something that i think other people could do much more quickly but i don't like to hurry about it i like to do it when i have time and I don't have to be in a rush, ideally. Although, you know, weeknights happen and sometimes you just have to get something out on the table. Yeah, of course. Um, so is the walk your favorite tool at the moment? Are you learning and experimenting with it? Or do you have something that you really love to use and you couldn't get rid of in your kitchen? I think the walk is one of my bigger challenges in the kitchen. It's so heavy. I'm working on it. I, yeah, it's one of my favorites because it's a constant challenge. I, it's not something that I am very used to. And so balancing the really high heat and when you think need things to be in the middle and when you need things to be on the sides and just the arm workout of it, I think is um, pretty fun. But I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm looking around my kitchen to see if there's anything else that I really enjoy. I mean, I guess this is such a common answer, but my knife, I love my knife. I spend a lot of time with my knife. Um, and that's what really makes my cooking experience enjoyable or not. Having a good sharp knife, and it doesn't have to be an expensive one, but having a good sharp knife that you feel comfortable with has made all the difference. I feel like my enjoyment of cooking really came from having a knife that I kept sharp and I finally learned how to use properly actually by taking basic knife skills at 18 reasons, which is a class that we offer every month and it always sells out. Um, I've taken it twice and I'm hoping to take it a third time because I always learn something new. And I think that's what really um, empowered me to feel confident in the kitchen and get excited about cooking instead of always feeling like it was a chore. Yeah, I have to, uh, to agree with you on that one because I feel like the way I grew up, my mom and grandma were cooking a lot, but I've never seen them focusing on those knives. 
And the day I found a really good chef knife, I was like, wow, yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, now you've talked about uh, all the, the peer education and the programs you're running. And you also mentioned that uh, you have a lot of volunteers. Mm -hmm. so would you like to tell us more how, you know, people who are listening to us who might be interested could uh, reach out and volunteer with you? Yes, absolutely. Um, if anyone's listening and they want to get involved in 18 Reasons, we welcome you. We are a really joyful community and we love to meet new people and hear new ideas. I think the success of 18 Reasons has been because we listen to our community and it's truly a community cooking school. Everyone has a role to play in our community. Um, and so the ways that you can get involved are I recommend you check out a class at 18th Street. Um, you can go to a class or an event or a community dinner. You can become a volunteer for our Cooking Matters program. There are three different volunteer roles and we're always looking for a new help. Um, those roles are the cooking educator, the nutrition educator, and the class assistant role. So you can get started as a class assistant and move into an instructor role, or you can really start wherever you want. And the way you can get involved with that is on our website, which is 18reasons.org. You'll see in Cooking Matters, we have a section where you can apply to become a volunteer. Um, if you want to support our work, but you don't have the time to volunteer, or you don't live in the area and you can't take an 18th Street class, you can always make a donation to 18 Reasons or a nonprofit so we can accept donations. Um, and if you ever have an idea for us, a connection for us, you have a question, I manage our info email account. So overseeing our communications and fundraising at a small nonprofit <laughs> spans the yes. gamut from the info email account all the way to managing our fundraising events. Um, it's a very dynamic job. So if you email info at 18reasons.org, which is info at 18reasons.org, I am the person on the other side of that email account. And I will be very happy to connect with you and hear your ideas and help anyone who wants to get involved find the right place for them. All right. Well, that was really very interesting. Thank you so much, Alison, for all your time. Of course. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. And uh, I wish you a great rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our weekly episode of What Gets You Cooking. If you liked it, review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. That's the best way to support it. Thank you again and see you next week.